everyone. Today is June 6, 2020, and this is a dual assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger, and this week I want to begin a little bit different than every other episode and talk about current events just for a few minutes. Um, it's kind of hard for me to do this because I like staying on topic with Duel Links content. I don't think I really you know, talk about anything else. I did talk about, you know, coronavirus a little bit, um, as that was a major uh, disruption in life. But I was inspired to do this to talk about current events because of um, the Blackout Tuesday that just happened. And, you know, while I get the intent of Blackout Tuesday, it probably had good intentions. I feel it was a PR stunt in a way, sort of, and... People were just, it's very easy to put up a new profile picture of a black square or circle. And it's not even like um, Lance, Ar- what's Lance Armstrong's thing? Live Strong, where people were buying bracelets um, to support cancer research. So it's even less than that. And I felt people were just doing it for the sake of PR. So I felt, I felt that I needed to use whatever platform I have to actually make a difference. And, you know, this is not a huge podcast at all. I mean, I've I've been podcasting for three years, and, you know, I, I would like a bigger audience, but, you know, you, you take what you get. So I have a few, a few hundred of you, um, hundreds of people who listen, I will try um, to make a difference with. And just... A little bit of background. I'm someone who's not political. I get disgusted by uh, politics on both sides. Um, consider myself a moderate. I have beliefs from both sides. And anyone who is too far left, too far right, I feel they're a bit crazy and uh, brainwashed. <laughs> That's just how I feel. But And these words also come from someone who's never been black or white. I'm Asian. I am grew up in, I mean, I'm American. Grew up in Jersey City, so I don't know, you know, what's like to be black or white. It's it's a unique, it's a wild card, I guess. It's different. You're somewhere in the middle. You know, you deal with your own challenges. Um, you know, coronavirus. People, my next door neighbor thought I have coronavirus, so there, that's a different challenge that neither blacks nor whites faced. But it's not about me. So. Just to speak about current events, George Floyd's death at the hands of the police, the video really exemplifies institutional racism and police brutality, and that's the one, the case of police brutality in many forms of institutional racism. And, you know, any person who sees the video can see, you know, how wrong that was, how horrible that was, and... Um, you know, I'm not a person who is against capital punishment per se. Like I feel if there's evidence against someone who has committed atrocities, they they should pay for it. But, you know, clearly in this situation with George Floyd, the punishment just didn't fit the crime. It just, the police officer just took the situation in his own hands because of racism and killed the guy. So clearly there's something wrong there. Um, and everyone in the world saw it. And that's what the 
all the protests and outrage. Um, it's all about. It's all justified. And it exemplifies trust issues with the police. Um, I've never been black, so I can't speak to what how it feels to be around police. Um, I must say that I lived in Baltimore for quite some time, and Baltimore's predominantly a black city. And I was also there in 2015 when Freddie Gray was killed by the police. And I've also, you know, I've done public health work all over Baltimore, and I've met very, I've met a lot of families, uh, low-income families. I've been in their homes. I've helped them. Uh, I've helped them, and there's a lot of just, just casual talk of police, you know, of mistrust of the police, and you know all that. Just from living in Baltimore, you get a sense of that. And I've never felt unsafe around police. Um, you know, like uh, in the air, like in well, this is different, but in the airport, I wasn't even like searched, but on the streets, I would approach police, ask them certain things, not fear anything at all. And that's something I don't get. Like, I don't get that. Um, I don't get that reaction of being unsafe around police. So there's that you know, huge trust issue that is exemplified here. Um, all the protests still going around the world in the past week as well. I hope they do make a difference um, in um, causing real change. Um, it's kind of like if these folks died and these folks protesting didn't make a difference. What's it all for, right? So I hope it makes a difference. I do say that I don't condone the violence and looting that comes with it. And there's few reasons for that. One being I feel it has the opposite effect of getting buy-in. Um, a lot of people are thinking things over and you need buy-in from that community to you know, buy in from the other side to say that this is wrong, we need change. And when all people see is looting, violence, whatever, they get turned off by it. And so I feel like that has the opposite effect there. Not only that, with coronavirus going on, a lot of small businesses that have been destroyed, um, you know, they can't t keep the costs up. And, um, you know, they needed to open up again. Big stores, big chains, it's nothing for them. Whatever, you know, was lost, they, they it's nothing for them. But small businesses may never come back. And that's what I wanted to say about that. And also in Baltimore, when some of the riots were happening there, a lot of buildings that were burnt down or whatever, they're still like that. Like, they can't come back. So... I, living in New York, like all the stores that were damaged in Manhattan, they, they're coming back, I'm pretty sure. But in economically distressed areas, it's not as easy for property to be there. So some areas may become deserts. I don't know. But you know, hopefully there is some actionable change. Like, hope, like what happened happened. And hopefully it wasn't for nothing. Like I hope that something actually does come to fruition from this. Um, actionable change in policing, policing tactics, use of force, 
Um, all that stuff has to be there's smarter people than me who have better ideas than me and you know I hope it I hope they come together and also change way policing is worked and also things like um building trust around community and police relationships that has to be discussed more open discussion with the community and things like that and I just hope that this is something that's not repeated again I hope I really do hope that everything the world has learned um, does come to change. That's all I have to say. Alright, let's get to Duel Links again. This week we're going to start off with esports. Um, the week in the Duel World, I'll discuss later on in this KC... Uh, grand tournament discussions since I did get through stage one talking about what adjustments I made to my deck. But let's start with some of the tournaments now. Um, I think today's Saturday, so the uh, Duelings Meta MCS is actually happening today. So this is the probably the final one before um, the KC Grand Tournament preliminary round finishes. The first tournament is Duelings Meta Weekly 127. Is. Here it is. First place, you got wrecked. Destiny, draw, element, saber, invoked. No water version, so that means Malo is there as the fire attribute. We often see some other monster, which I mean some other non-element saber monster stand in as the fire attribute. Here, Malo's in the deck, so that means Coxidus is gone. No water type needed. Um, otherwise, very... You know, three three Alistair has become mandatory. Three Alistair, three Malehu, pretty much is the thing to do. You know, I I can't really build this deck because I only have two Alistairs, so it's tough for me. But um, you know, these decks they run the best trap cards, and the one that's kind of coming in as the meta call is Typhoon. We see a lot of Necro Valleys in the f- game. Some continuous uh, cards like Fiendish Chain. I don't know if you noticed this, but if you sort popular cards, Fiendish Chain is like the third most popular trap card, which means uh, Konami is killing it with uh, sales with the selection box. Since it's still a selection box card after all this time, they're really milking <laughs> Fiendish Chain. But yeah, Typhoon is a. I, I tried it out a little bit, and it's a card you could play during your opponent's turn. So it's like a surprise card. Kind of like Chaos Hunter, it could come during your opponent's turn, even if you didn't make your first turn yet. They could be turn one player. They put down all these trap cards, and then they play a face-up spell or trap, and then you could just knock it out with Typhoons. That's that's what's good about that card. Second place, MJ the winner. Uh, Harpy's Hunting Ground, Black Wings. A little different look, and the noticeable thing is you don't see a trap card. Every um, most Blackwing decks you face on the ladder, they do have that hand trap Blackbird close. This just doesn't have it. Um, three Simoon, two Bora, two Zephyros, three Gale, three Chris, one Oroshi, just one level one tuner, three Black Whirlwinds, and three Cosmic Cyclones. And Star Eater. Star Eater is a level eleven synchro play from the extra deck. I have seen it. Um, Possibly also in Black Wings, just like this one. And it just beat me because you can't really... You can't negate it with um, Void Trap Hole. That's what 
it plays around. Any of those trap hole cards, it plays around. Top four, Biscaya, Biscaya BL, Mythic Depths, Crystrons. This is a light version of the water type. Um, sometimes you see them run like a lot of Genix controllers, a lot of Genix undines. This one runs fewer of those. We still don't see Gizmic Yata in this deck, but we, um, you know, there are two level five, three level fives here, but uh, no heavy starter build here. And top four, Lorenzo, Roma, Endless, Trap Hell, Control, Gladiator, Beasts. This is a deck I posted online, and I said it was disgusting, because it is. Gladiator Beasts are typically an aggro deck with Vespasius. That's the new dinosaur card that they have, but this does not run the dinosaur. Um, one Darius, three Equesti, three Laquari, three Bestiari, and one Retiari. And then it's just a lot of control. Three Forbidden Lance, three Phoenix Chain, three Floodgates, two Bad Aims, three Gladiator Beast Charge, three War Chariots, and two Treacherous Trap Holes. Move on to the next tournament called the Potato Cup number one. Um, where we are. First place, Evil Potato. I'm not sure if this was staged. Uh, Harpy's Hunting Ground, Black Wings. More of a, a conventional look uh, for Black Wings and also a pure Black Wings Synchro deck. There's no outside Synchro Monster in the extra deck. No Necro Valley, um, anything like that. It's just the Black Wing deck. Three Blackbird closes, as I mentioned, this is something you do see more often in the ladder. They activate those hand traps. Second place, Erlen JF, Sealed Tombs, Dark Magician. Sealed Tombs is coming back. Uh, we're starting to see it splashed again with No Mortal Can Resist being nerfed harder than Sealed Tombs. It is coming back. It's kind of like Sealed Tombs or Necro Valley. What do you pick? And this is otherwise a very typical um, Dark Magician deck. You've seen it you see, probably you see it most on the ladder. Most common deck you'll face on the ladder. I'm kind of sick of it. Third place, Minato. Sealed Tombs, Masked Hero. Again, it's getting splashed into another deck. Um, no favorite heroes. Uh, Neos, things going on. Just a straight Masked Hero deck with Plasma. And finally, the Pharaoh's Cash Tournament, number 75. First place, Grusha's Sealed Tombs Gookie. This is a spicy deck list. Um, very swarmy and aggressive deck. You got your good Gookie monsters. There's only three of them. There's Suprex, Rescorpio, and the best one probably, Twist Cobra. This also runs two to two copies of Gizmeg Yata, which is that um, machine card, one of the URs from the last set. And you basically tribute a monster, and it helps you normal summon another monster. And this helps your Gooky Monsters have abilities, because if they're sent from the field to the graveyard, you could trigger additional abilities. Suprex, you could tutor a card. They all let you tutor a card. But uh, the Suprex itself, you know, you could get a card from your hand as well. So this is a very rampy board. Rescorpio has 2,300. So that just comes onto the board for free. Just a lot of, like, medium-sized attackers. And there's several cards to clear the way. Two Cosmic Cyclones, two Herald of the Abyss. These cards help you use your Sealed Tombs, of course. Two Ballista Squads, two Econ, two Sphere Karibo. Very nice deck list. And this shows that we may have judged the last mini box too harshly. And this one, this deck just uses cards straight from that mini box. Of course, you have to buy three, um, you know, three 
buy-throughs of that mini box to build this deck. So it's a little pricey in that regard. Second place drop shadow game, stall burn, cancer, whatever you want to call it. Um, the only notable thing about this deck is it runs three copies of Spiritual Beast Tamer Winda. And that's just to help you float through your deck and thin out the deck, frankly, to get the cards you want. So all the other cards in this deck, two Lava Golems, two Amazon Swordswoman, that's the burn component of the deck, two Fortress Warriors, two Necro Valley, three Fiendish Chain, two Floodgate, two Void Trap Hole, three Wall of D. So yeah, there's equal components of burn and stall. A lot of those cards just keep monsters on the board for your Lava Golems. Lava Golem helps play around a lot of cards that can't be targeted or whatever. You know, you could still target them to be summoned for Lava Golem. So it helps you, it helps them get around those things. Even the deck I play with um, Archfiend's Call, which is an untargetable card, it's not going to work. So, you know, Coxidus, things like that, Lava Golem plays around all of those. Up for Warriors of the Wind, Destiny, Draw, Element, Saber, Invoked. So, um,. It runs Chaos Hunter. That's we we occasionally see Lancia being splashed into decks. Chaos Hunter, I would say, is better than than Lancia, but that's just a personal preference and not having Lancia. Lava Golem is the fire attribute here, as I mentioned before. Lava Golem helps play around certain cards that can't be played around. And top four Zaga Zaga. Level Og Shiranui. Nothing really notable here. I'll just read out the deck list. Two Lancia, one Karibo, three Solitaires, three Squires, two Spectral Swords, two Forbidden Lance, two Ballista Squad, one Divine Wrath, two Fiendish Chain, one Needle Ceiling, one Raigeki Break. Tier list. Uh, we have some... The tier list itself from Duel Links meta hasn't really changed uh, we do have some things in the uh, up-and-coming list. Tier 1, we have Crystron's uh, clear-cut number 1. I'm not sure if they've utilized the um, Gizmic Yata yet, but we haven't seen it in the top 4 of these tournaments, maybe in the in the MCS today. Tier 2, Black Wings, Dark Magician, Element Saber, Masked Hero, Shiranui. No changes there. Tier 3, we have Cyber Dragons and Ritual Beasts. Again, no changes there. High potential. We got Guki and Maikashi. This is kind of the tournament where they could rise and fall based on how well they do in the tournament. And again, like I said, it shows that we may have judged the box too quickly and these cards may be better than they seemed. And Blue Eyes have been taken off the, the tier list. You still see Blue Eyes a ton on the ladder, but this is all about tournament consideration and they are seeing fewer Blue Eyes being... Good in tournaments. So let's talk about KC Grand Tournament Stage 1. Um, you know, Duelist Meta has a website where they have a bunch of decks. It wasn't updated. It was updated for the first two days. So you know, all these decks are from the first two days. Um, whole variety of decks here. Let's see. We got a lot of uh, elements. Not elements there. Invoked Magician Girl decks. Invoke Dinosaur, Gookie, another Gookie, Invoked Element Saber, Dark Magician, Crystrons, uh, Chaos Lightsworn, Chirinui. This one's Invoked with Volcanic Shell. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so this website, you know, shows you all the stuff that you could do it with. Um, 
deck that I play, Synchro Toolbox, they're the ones that are on the website, they have the give and take version with raw. So it's a package you could run with um Neos if you have it. Because you want Ra's Disciple in the graveyard for give and take, and then they can't activate any effects, and that's pretty much GG for them. Um, Magnet Warriors, whole bunch of stuff. Let's talk about my run in Stage 1. I got it uh, on midnight on Friday, so it took me like four days to get to Stage 1 through, and... You know, the deck list I used, it's it's the same deck I used to get King of Games, but I've made, I'm, I tinkered with the deck so much because I got stuck. So this is Akiza's Synchro Toolbox deck. And what that means is you're playing what grows in the graveyard with Dark Verger in the graveyard to start the game. And you use two cards to take out Dark Verger. There is Angel Trumpeteer, a level four. And Junk Synchron on level 3. So that lets you... That basically allows your extra deck to be nothing but level 5 and level 6 Synchro Monsters. Now you might be thinking these cards are less powerful. We all know that 7 is probably the best slot. And in terms of attack power, these cards are understated. Compared to other Synchro Monsters, but... You know, the, the whole deck built around boosting them, so... Uh, you get around the lower attack and defense. Well, the defense still stays low, but whatever. So the core of the deck, you got three uh, Angel Trumpeteers. Trumpeter, I've been saying it wrong the whole time. Plant, uh, normal monster, whole spiel about that. It's it just it's the core of the deck. Two Junk Synchrons and two uh, Painful Decision. So you got seven cards that begin the game. You... You would ideally want these cards in your opening hand so you could get your synchro play on. Um, Painful Decision helps you get into drawn to Angel Trumpeter. And then you have an extra one that you could just toss for a cost later. The other monster I have is Chaos Hunter. This is to prevent banished plays and its special summons onto the board. Other cards in the deck, three copies of Battle Tuned. This helps you... Boost your monsters by quite a bit. You banish the card in the graveyard. They gain 1,900 or 1,300. Depends on Junk Synchron or Angel Trumpeter. And let's see. Two copies of Forbidden Lance. This helps you get around disruption, typically. So when you play your Angel Trumpeter or Junk Synchron, they might try to hit it with Floodgate. And then you use your Forbidden Lance. Or you could use Forbidden Lance to disrupt a fusion play. Uh, a favorite hero play, something like that, a mass change. Or you could use it to weaken your opponents. There's so many uses for Forbidden Lance. Two Cosmic Cyclones, one Night Beam, two World Legacy Clash, and two Void Trapple. So, you know, beginning beginning the tournament, I pretty much played the same deck I got King of Games with. And it looked a little different than this final version. First off, I tried... Um, I got to like level DLV 23 and I got stuck. This may have been earlier, like 21. And I cut a Void Trap Hole for a Pulling the Rug. A Void Trap Hole is a great card, but there are often times where it just doesn't activate. Not oftentimes, there are sometimes. So I found that three may have been too many copies of the card. 
So then I cut, and that, but then I found pulling the rug. Pulling the rug did win me a game against someone who Destiny drawed into Alistair. And then I played pulling the rug, and Alistair was done, and that was the game. But that was the only time it ever worked. So then I pulled pulling the rug for um, Wall of D. I saw a lot of heavy boards going on. I felt Wall of D would help. But when I put Wall of D in my deck, it never... I never activated it once, so then I figured, let's get rid of all D. So next up, I was facing a lot of hero decks with favorite hero and field spells. So I thought about Typhoon. Typhoon was a card I always thought was cool. I thought it was cool how it just comes out of the hand. So uh, at the same time, I noticed a lot of people running two copies of Cosmic Cyclone. I know that everyone does have three copies, but it might be that... Losing life points doesn't have the benefit it did. Um, I mean, we're seeing a lot of Sealed Tomb stuff going on now, but this is kind of before that, and I figure let's just use the same type of card. So I cut Wall of D and Cosmic Cyclone for two Typhoons. So we have two Typhoons and two Cosmic Cyclones as back row or spell or trap removal. Um... Typhoon was decent as a hand play. Um, I must admit that I knocked stuff out of the deck. I knocked stuff out when they played at turn one, so that was pretty cool. But then I figured that having four like spell or trap removal was a bit excessive. So I cut both Typhoons for a Night Beam and a Treacherous Trap Hole. I just wanted more... Uh, a, semi, a limited two card for more power, I guess. And Night Beam seemed to be Cosmic Cyclone without the cost. So I figured I'd get around not having three back rows and not paying a thousand. And Night Beam became good enough to stick around to the final version. And, it, it, and in a sense, it's probably the best replacement for Cosmic Cyclone. If you feel like losing the life points, again, put Cosmic Cyclone in. But Night Beam's not a bad card at all. And then, um, Treacherous didn't really work out for me either. It never hit while being there. So the final change I made, I, I also felt that Chaos Hunter was a bit much at two. So I cut a Chaos Hunter and I cut Treacherous Trap Hole for two World Legacy Clash. And this let me put in my uh, limited two card in. And World Legacy Clash is a card that there's a little anti-synergy. Let's say you're a monster. Your synchro play is boosted up with your synchro, your battle tuned. And you could use World Legacy Clash on them, but then it erases the gain. But I felt that I was facing a lot of boards with big monsters. They were getting over my synchro plays. Sometimes you make a synchro play in this deck, and then you have no battle tuned. And you're kind of screwed. You're left with like a 2500 on the board, and then they just hit over it. I thought World Legacy Clash was the best way to get around not having battle tuned. Um, yeah, it's basically the same thing, but the opposite effect. And you can negate an attack, you could weaken their board. Weakening their board seems to be like lowering attack and defense seems to be quite a strong play now, so I felt it was good. I'm not sold as it being like sticking into the deck in stage two, but it's a play that it works for now. Like it's, it's good enough for now. 
yeah, that's the evolution of my deck. Um, I have to say that stage one of the KC Grand Tournament was easier than uh, ranked duels right now in Platinum. I mean, in Legend. Uh, I, I've been trying to get to Legend 2, and I don't think I, I've, I'm there yet. I closed the game. But I think I was still Legend 1. I may have hit the promotion match yesterday, but I think I lost, so... Um, right now, you know, it's definitely a thing to do to finish the first stage so you can max out your rewards at least. Um, even if you don't finish by Thursday, it's fine. You know, as long as you do it to get the rewards, that's that's all you could, you know, ask for. Other stuff going on this week. There's not a lot going on at all, but there are three new cards released this week, so it's worth talking about. Rank Duels update, we have a new UR card and SR card added to the pool, and it seems to be themed themed around uh, Zero Attack. Uh, both of these cards are not even cards yet. They're, OC, they're not OCG or TCG cards. They're both from GX Tag Force 3 or featured in the anime. First, this is a card added to the UR pool called Pride Shout. Um... If a monster you control with zero attack receives a direct attack, inflict damage to your opponent equal to the defense of the attacking monster at the end of the damage step. This card's notable for being like an anime card where Chaz directly attacked with Ojama Yellow on um, the guy called Aster. And uh, Ojama Yellow has no attack, but then he used Pride Shout and it hit for a thousand defense. Um, this is basically you swing with your zero attack attacker, and then you inflict the defense as damage. Is it effect damage? What is it? Doesn't really say what type of damage it is. I think it's effect damage, but it's not uncommon to th- for this to happen because you do face a lot of Luna lights, and Luna light crimson turns your monster into zero attack. And let's say it somehow survives. And then you could have a monster of zero attack. Um, World Legacy Clash sometimes turns your monsters to zero attack. Uh, but anyways, Pride Shout isn't for, you know, in case they hit you with Crimson Fox or World Legacy Clash. It's it's a build around card for monsters with zero attack. Um, you know, the most useful thing is probably like Ojama King, Labyrinth Wall from your... Uh, Paradox Brothers skill, something like that. The fact that this could be um, effect damage makes me wonder if this could be useful for farming. Like, let's say you keep some kind of really big zero def- zero attack, like a labyrinth wall on the board. You stall out your opponent, and then you hit them with a union attack, and then this. Um, is this would a union attack should work if they have zero? And then it's all effect damage, right? So I don't know. But this is not a card that you play really. Um, maybe there's some cool build around with zero attack, but I think it's more of a farming card. Yeah. Next card is more useful, a little marginally more useful. Zero Sprite. This is the SR card. There's a beast on it, but it's not a beast card at all. Uh, trap card. Equip this card to a monster on the field. The equipped monster... Original attack becomes zero, but it can attack twice during the same battle phase. 
So it's a continuous trap that acts as an equip, right? So it's a slower equip style, and that's not great. Um, typically, you want to just equip it, but this one you have to set in advance, and then you play the monster, and then you um, you equip it. So this is only useful for monsters that have a question mark in their attack, and that's like a situational multiplier. There's two kinds of meta cards that have this. Um, Fortune Lady Every has question mark. She typically starts off as 2800, so it's 7 times uh, 4. Yeah, she's times 400. And then there's Gren Maju the Aiza. Gren Maju the Aiza is a core card in um, Stromberg decks. Typically, they I think it's, I think Gren Maju the Aiza is also 400 multiplier because they banish 10, it becomes a 4000. So that makes sense. So fortunately, decks are tight 20 card decks. They just I've played it enough. They are very. There's very limited room for tech cards in Fortune Ladies. They draw very well. There's no room for a card like Zero Spread just to help Fortune Lady every swing twice. Now, Stromberg decks are a little bit... They're messier. They have a core, but they can be a little messy. They're they are big since they mill 10 cards a turn, so they have to be big. Um, usually somewhere between 25 and 30 cards. Um... I think they still have a defined goal, though. Like, Ren Maju the Aiza is not, not the reason you play a deck. They have those fairy tale uh, princess uh, direct attackers. They have lava golems. They have psychic wheel dealers. There's there's a lot going on other than Ren Maju the Aiza, and it's not the main component. It's just a piece of it. So I don't think Zero Sprite makes it into that deck either. Um, but... You know, you never know. Um, there could be some other question mark card that I'm not seeing right now. But those two are the best ones I could think of um, that see meta play. There's also Mission Circuit going on. And there's one new card from Mission Circuit. And this new card is probably the most exciting card to come from this week. It's Changing Destiny. It's a trap card. When an opponent's monster declares an attack, target the attacking monster negate the attack, and if you do change it to defense, and it can't change its battle position while it's face-up on the field, then your opponent chooses one effect. So they either gain life points equal to half of the target's attack, or they can make you take damage equal to half the target's attack. Interesting card. We only get one copy of this. This is like a poor man's fiendish chain with an emphasis on them switching to defense, and then an effect going off, rather than shutting down their effects and not attacking. Obviously, you want them to have no abilities and not attack. Um, yeah, this is a stall card. It's stall, but then there's like an anti-burn counter. Like a burn counter, I meant. In that your opponent can gain life points back, which defeats the purpose of burn. But it does keep a monster on the board. Um, if your opponent is playing against you, they they know to gain life points if they're playing a burn deck, right? So, yeah. Another card for control decks, really. Um, some control decks just throw in the best trap cards they have. You see Element Saber decks do that all the time. And even some of the other decks, they're control-based they could fit a card like this in. Um, 
again, there's so many good trap cards. Like, if you have three copies of Phoenix Chain, you don't really need a card like Changing Destiny. But I see it I see it sneaking in um, just because, you know, some decks just need their best trap cards. This just could be one of them. Um, yeah, the life point thing... The life point thing could cost you the game sometimes if it's a big monster. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see this card being mainstream, but it could be it could sneak in somewhere. We get our third copy of Ojama Country Field Spell. Once per turn, send an Ojama from your hand to the graveyard. Special summon an Ojama monster from your graveyard. When you control a face up Ojama monster, switch the attack and defense of all monsters on the field. This was the original Ojama card when first when Chaz first came up. Uh, you would try to get Knight and King out so they could be beaters. You could lock down their board. Of course, people have cheesed out Ojamas into the uh, Life Cost Zero deck, but with that being nerfed, this adds consistency for playing Ojamas the fair way. Um, still, it's not going to be a meta card. It might be something you see for fun sometimes or something in the lower ranks, but um, yeah, that's all it is. And the third copy of Gravekeeper's Visionary. Level 8, 2,800. You can tribute this by tributing just one Gravekeeper's Monster. Gains 200 attack for each Gravekeeper in your graveyard. When this face of card will be destroyed, you can discard a Gravekeeper instead. This card used to be like OP. Like you really wanted this card for the archetype. But Gravekeepers never were a thing back then. And unfortunately, this card is just so obsolete right now for Gravekeepers. Um... They just splash in Quintet Magician now. They try to populate their graveyard, and then they play the bomb that is Quintet Magician. A lot more attack, blows up the board. Really no use for Gravekeeper's Visionary anymore. All right. It's been a light week. Uh, Really it. Upcoming news. Casey Grand Tournament continues on to June 15th. Remember, you know, Meta play is not for everyone, I get that, but when you're missing out on gems, it makes it makes me feel bad when, when I'm missing out on gems. So you know, do your damnedest to get through stage one. It really does benefit everyone. Um since you're on the squeeze for gems. Dual quest mid June, mid June, Duelist Chronicles GX, a new Ubel card called Armatile the Chaos Phantom, which I looked it up. It's the contact fusion of all of the um legendary monsters, the Lord Dragon Lords in the in GX. And that's one of those cards. It gains ten thousand attack. Like it's something crazy, but impossible to do. ESOD Joey comes to the gate in mid June. Late June Professional Aster, new cards apparition and D counter. Late uh late June new DSOD legendary duelist. I think it's Taya. Um, yeah, what does everyone think? I think it's Taya. It's not a pretty big deal. And mid-June, 5Ds, level cap to 40. This might happen right after the tournament. So tournament finishes on the 15th, and we get this level cap increase, because they don't really want to release like uh, new cards in the middle of the... <laughs> The tournament run when everyone's trying to fight for top 100, right? That'd be so stupid if they do that. But um, I expect this to happen on Tuesday, the 16th or something. Or after the tournament's done on the 15th, maybe. I don't know. 
That's it for the podcast. Thanks for listening. Listen and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Just search the dual assessment and you'll find me. Um, check out the podcast and more of the website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com. Email me with anything at thedualassessment at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter, dual underscore assessment, my own account at Green Rangers CCG. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I'll see you next time.